You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Hey, welcome to Awaken Church, everybody. It's great to have you with us, joining us online all over the world. My name is Pastor John Heinrichs. I am the campus pastor for Balboa Campus here in San Diego. It's great to be with you this morning. Before we get into this, I want you to just look at your neighbor and give him a nice little punch in the arm. I want you to punch your neighbor. You know, we need to get into this thing. We need to get ready. If you hit him too hard, pray for healing. It's all good. And husbands, I want you to lean over and I want you to kiss your wives. Some of y'all haven't kissed your wives in a while. You need to kiss your wife. We've been in quarantine. Some marriages are on the rocks. I'm just, I just helped you. You're welcome. It's great to be with you. And I am honored to be able to speak to you this morning. And uh, I know that Pastor Jurgen and Pastor Leanne, our lead pastors here at Awaken Church, have paid a huge price to have this awesome church in San Diego, the best church in the world, and they are the greatest leaders in the world. So it is an honor and a privilege to be able to speak to you this morning. Well, let's get into it. I want to tell you a quick story, and I'm going to scale it down a little bit because we don't have much time. But about 15 years ago, I was driving around in my car. I was in commercial real estate back then, had no vision for ministry. And I, and I started to get this great pain in my stomach and this great pain in my back. It was an excruciating pain. So I went to the hospital three nights in a row to try to figure out what was wrong with me. And three nights in a row, they told me that I was dehydrated and I was constipated. And I remember thinking at that time, man, if this is the pain that constipated people feel, I feel bad for them. Like, I'm going to make sure I start to eat a lot of fiber in my diet because this pain was excruciating. But come to find out, it actually wasn't constipation. It was actually my kidneys were failing. So the third night I went in, the doctors changed their countenance, and they said, actually, son, your kidneys are failing. You have acute renal failure, and we need to admit you right away. The next four days, I lose 20 pounds. I get admitted into the hospital, and now I am constipated because of all the drugs that they're giving me. And to make a long story short, I grew up in a Baptist church environment. I was saved when I was six years old, never heard about the power of God, never heard about the Holy Spirit, didn't know there were still signs, wonders, miracles, and healings happening today as they did back in the Bible. And so I didn't know anybody except for two people that knew how to pray in power. I was just kind of coming into that understanding, and I knew my uncle, and I knew Pastor Jurgen. So I called my uncle and he prayed for me over the phone while I was in the hospital bed. And I remember having my very first vision when he was praying. My arms were out like this and I was holding hands with people on my left and people on my right. And as far as I could see to the right and as far as I could see to the left, there were people holding hands and praying for me. And it made me feel very comforted knowing that I had hundreds of people praying for me as I was in the hospital. The other person that I had just met that I knew that I knew knew how to pray with power was Pastor Jurgen. So I called my friend, Dr. Pastor Matt, who actually just preached an incredible message if you haven't heard it. But I called him because he knew Pastor Jurgen. I had met him and I said, hey, can Pastor Jurgen come and pray for me? My kidneys are failing. So Dr. Matt called him and Pastor Jurgen was actually on a plane to Australia. So he said, you know what? I got a friend named Mark Peterson. Call him, have him come and pray. He knows how to pray. So next thing you know, this guy I've never met before, who I found out had fasted all day that day to pray for me, somebody he'd never met before, comes into my hospital room with Dr. Matt. My whole family was there. I had friends there. And Pastor Mark prays a prayer, 
that I had never seen, heard, or couldn't even imagine or experience. And he, he with such power, with such authority, he laid hands on me, began to prophesy over me. And to make a long story short, I got healed that day and I was out of the hospital two days later. And to this day, my kidneys have not had any issues whatsoever. But I gotta tell you, that day in the hospital room messed me up. It messed me up. It messed up my theology. It messed up the way I thought. It totally messed me up for the good. I began to, to think crazy things. I began to realize that there was no sickness, no weapon, no disease, no condition, no diagnosis that could destroy what Jesus Christ paid for on the cross and paid for at the whipping post. That no devil could steal my destiny. No devil could steal my healing of what Jesus said by his stripes we are healed. I started to think crazy things. I started to, to desire to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I heard about this baptism of the Holy Spirit and then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I began to speak in tongues in a language I had never learned before. And then I started to speak to those things that aren't as though they were and I started to see things shift in my life. Now all of a sudden when I prayed, I got results. I mean, it was crazy. I would pray for things and instead of just reading about stories in the Bible, I was now experiencing stories in the Bible, signs, wonders, miracles, healings, freedom, deliverance. The power of God was moving in my life. I mean, I was messed up. It was like I was possessed with confidence, with authority, with power. I started to think completely differently. It was a new way of thinking. It was a good way of thinking. It was a God way of thinking. I started to realize that I could praise and worship and use that as a weapon to advance my life. I realized that I could praise God to get breakthrough and I could praise God to get a brand new perspective. I realized that when I went into a time of worship and prayer, heaven could invade earth or I could invade heaven. There's a story in the Bible with Paul and Silas and they're, they've been put in prison and they're in chains and they're in a dark inner cell, the Bible says. And then the Bible says they began to pray and they began to worship and praise and sing hymns to God. And right at that time, the Bible says that heaven invaded their cell, heaven invaded their dark situation, heaven invaded their chains by way of an angel and the chains broke off of their feet, off of their hands, the jail cell opened and they were freed from their bondage. They were freed from their darkness and it was because they began to praise that heaven invaded their world. And then I read in Psalms 100 where it says that when you praise, you enter into his courts. And so not only can heaven invade earth when you praise, but you can invade heaven. And sometimes we just need a brand new perspective. I started to realize that in this time of chaos and in this season, I don't have to just you know, get on a plane and fly to Hawaii to escape. I can actually go to a place of praise and I can escape this world and go into that one. I can invade the courts of heaven. And let me just tell you, when you invade the courts of heaven, you get a brand new perspective on life. It's like you separate yourself from this world and get a brand new view of, of what the world is doing from God's perspective. You begin to realize how big God is, how powerful he is, how perfect he is, how on time he is. And you get filled with hope. You get filled with faith. I gotta tell you, the biggest weapon that I've used during this season of isolation and chaos is praise and worship. And you can invade heaven when you praise or heaven can invade earth 
when you praise. It's whatever you need. You can get breakthrough or a perspective. Praise and worship, I began to realize, is such a weapon and such a need. I mean, how crazy is that? I was out of my mind. I was so messed up. It was like I was introduced to this brand new world. It was a spiritual world that I had never, ever known before. And I'm so grateful for the way I grew up. I'm so grateful for the churches I went to, for the pastors that I had, for my parents, for my grandparents. I'm probably a fourth, uh, fourth generation Christian. I'm so grateful for that. But it wasn't until I was 30, 31 years old that I got introduced to this world, this supernatural world where I actually believe all things are possible. It was a brand new way of living, a brand new normal. Title of my message this morning is New Normal. And I know the world has hijacked this statement and they're trying to redefine our future, saying we have to live in different ways and, and you know, live less than we were living before and kind of be isolated or distant or whatever, get a vaccine here or, or a mark here or whatever it is. They're trying to redefine what new normal is. But I've realized that I don't have to live the way the world tells me to live. I can live the way the kingdom tells me to live that my new normal doesn't have to be less than, it can actually be more than. And actually, I don't have to live according to the culture of the earth because the Bible says I can pray and I can have heaven come to earth. Not only when you praise, but when you pray, the Bible says that, that you can pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to bow to the culture of this world. There's only one person I'm willing to bow to, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I'm going to live the way he wants me to live, a new normal that is filled with nothing being impossible to me and to you. And the reality is the world ripped off that statement anyway, new normal. It's all over the Bible. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Bible says that when you come into Christ, all things have already become new. That means all you got to do is, do is step into the new man, to the new woman that God has created you to be. See, God's not just your creator. He's also your re-creator. You might be living a life and things aren't going well. It's frustrating. Whatever. God wants to recreate your life. He wants to give you new plans and a new future that you can step into. He wants your life to get better. A new normal. He's not saying old things pass away so new things can be worse. He didn't die on a cross so your life could get worse. He died on a cross so that you could live a life of more abundance. Live life in a life of more abundance, as it says in John 10.10. 10. God wants you to flourish. He wants you to be successful. He wants your new normal to be better than your past. There's another verse in, in Isaiah 43, 18-19, and it says this. It says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I like it when God says behold, because he's about to say something powerful. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall come forth. Shall you not know it? God is a God of now. God is a God of right now. And I'm believing right now he's going to do a new thing. Some translations say, I've already begun to do the new thing. God wants to do something new right now. He says, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Some of you, no doubt about it, feeling lost right now in this world. I mean, it's kind of hard not to. It's so confusing on what even to believe nowadays. 
So some, some people are feeling lost right now. God wants to bring a road into your wilderness. Some people are feeling right now that they don't have any purpose. They're feeling overwhelmed. God wants to bring purpose into your life, into your wilderness experience. There might be some of you out there and, and, and you're successful in the world's eyes. You have all the money that you need. You have all the cars that you need, the house that you need. You got the wife or the husband. You got the kids. You got the family. Everything looks perfect from the outside, but there's something missing on the inside of you. You're walking around in a wilderness. God wants to make a road into your wilderness. He'll make it. All you got to do is step into it. He's going to make it. He just wants you to step into it. That's what he's doing right now in this season. And rivers in the desert. There's no doubt about it. Some people are feeling dry. I know in this season, I have felt uh, uh, part of the time very, very dry towards God. I felt like there was a flow of God that I was missing. And I needed fresh oil. I needed, I needed rivers in my life. So I just cried out to God and said, God, I need the flow back. I need something to shift in my life. And I believe God wants to bring rivers into your dry and arid places. Some of you, some of you might be uh, feeling dry in your marriages or in your family. God wants to bring rivers into that. He wants to bring life. River represents life. He wants to bring life into your world. And again, all you got to do is step in to that river. And as I was reading this, even last night, I saw that it said rivers and not river. God wants to bring you multiple streams. He wants to flood your life with favor. He wants to flood your marriage with life. He wants to bring you more than one income stream, rivers of living water he wants to bring into your world. He's going to start to give you ideas. He's going to cause you to execute on things he's already told you to do that you've been holding back on. I'm speaking to myself on that. I need to start executing things God has already told me to do because he's trying to get rivers into my desert. Now, just because God wants to make your life better and God wants to bring a new normal into your world, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. In fact, most things that are worth anything aren't easy. So it's okay, actually, if you haven't been crushing it in quarantine. It's okay, actually, if your marriage has had its ups and downs. I know my marriage has had its ups and downs. It's like one day my wife loves me, the next day she wants to kick me out of the house. And the same with me and her. We don't really want to kick each other out of the house. But you know what I'm talking about? Like we're fighting, like there's tension. There's stuff, there's ups and there's down. It's not going to be easy all the time, but we got to fight through it. It's okay if you're frustrated or struggling financially. All kinds of stuff is happening. It's okay. It's okay to cry but it's not okay to give up. It ain't over. God has created you to win. And although it might not be easy, it is going to be possible if we can just endure. And I was, I was, I was reading this book the other day and they were talking about serpents and snakes and how serpents and snakes represent evil in the Bible. And they were talking about how serpents and snakes are cold-blooded animals and how you and I are warm-blooded animals. And why is that important? It's important because warm-blooded species can out-endure or outrun cold-blooded species. And so as long as you and I don't quit, that devil, that serpent's going to run out of steam. And if we can just endure, I'm telling you, you're going to come out of this thing stronger than you ever were if you can just keep going. It's okay to cry, but it's not okay to give up. Galatians 6, 7, and 9 says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. And let us not grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season, 
we shall reap if we do not lose heart. My friends, I want to encourage you today, do not lose heart. You are going to reap what you've sown. Continue to do good. Come on, if you are blessed, bless somebody else. If you have the opportunity to do good, do good to somebody. Encourage somebody. About uh, 12 years ago, uh, we, uh, we, meaning my wife, gave birth to our first son. His name's Hudson. And uh, he was about six weeks old. And I remember going up, taking him and going upstairs and praying for him. Every Tuesday morning, uh, the guys would have prayer. And then I would come home and the women would have prayer at my house. And I would take my son Hudson when he was really young up to our room. And I would rock him and put him to sleep. And it, I used that time to pray for him. And, uh, you know, I would, I would pray for him and say, God, I thank you for my son. I pray that he would be bigger, faster, and stronger than every other boy in his grade so that he can dominate in any sports that he plays. I would pray big, powerful prayers like that. And uh, it was the time when uh, he was about six weeks old that we were also fighting for our financial life, me and my wife. I was in real estate. It was 2008. We had lost everything, or we were in the middle of losing everything, millions of dollars worth of real estate. We were fighting to keep the house that we were currently living in. And I remember praying for my son, um, and God spoke to me, and he said, sometimes I have to let my children cry. And he said, sometimes I have to let my children cry. And he spoke so, so clear to me, and immediately I knew exactly what he was talking about. Because not only were we in the middle of fighting for our lives, for our financial future, but we were also in the middle of training my little Hudson my little six-week-old six Hudson had to put himself to sleep. And, you know, we're baby-wise parents, and I know that might be, be upsetting to some people, but we actually believe that we needed to train our child how to go to sleep and how to put himself to sleep so we didn't have to rock him to bed or walk up and down stairs or get in the car and drive him around to put him to sleep, but we could actually put him in his bed, and he would learn how to put himself to sleep. But to do that, it's hard. To do that, I can remember taking my little Hudson six weeks old, and placing him into his bed. And like the second I released him, he would begin to cry, wondering why would my daddy let me go? Why would my daddy put me down by myself in my bed? Can't he see that I'm crying? And I remember looking at my son knowing that all I had to do was even just put my hand on his chest and he would stop crying. But knowing if I did that, if I rescued him during this time, it would not make him stronger. It would make him weaker. It would make him more dependent on me and less independent. It would make it so he couldn't put himself to sleep and in the middle of the night and he would come out crying and he would sleep worse, not better. I knew that if I rescued him, not only would he not sleep as well and, and gain strength, but I knew I wouldn't sleep as well. His mom wouldn't sleep as well. And they would create a little bit of chaos in our home and everybody being tired. I knew I couldn't rescue him even though he was crying, even though he was six weeks old, even though it was hard. I knew I couldn't rescue him during that time. When God said to me, sometimes I have to let my children cry, I knew exactly what he's talking about. He wasn't gonna rescue me from the situation that I was in. He wanted me to learn how to fight. He wanted me to learn how to pray. He wanted me to learn how to praise. He wanted me to, to develop my prayer life and my faith muscle by going and praying every day, by reading my word, by believing in him, by running to him. And to this day, I would not 
trade those years of my life because it trained me on how to go to God, on how to exercise my faith muscle, on how to overcome, just like my baby boy Hudson learned how to put himself to sleep, learned how to overcome the pain and the separation and anxiety. It made him stronger and it made him healthier for the future. God doesn't always rescue us in a season where we are struggling because he's trying to build something on the inside of you. He's trying to, he's trying to, trying to show you that there's more in you that you believe. He's created you to win and to be successful, but sometimes we have to go through adversity in order to get to that place where God wants to take us. And I can tell you now, I am thankful he didn't rescue me. I am thankful his hand was with me and, and beside me the whole time, but that he didn't rescue me because now he has redeemed all. Now I'm living a life I never dreamed I could live in a home I never dreamed I could have in a uh, pastoring the greatest church in the world, the greatest people on earth, seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. And it was because I learned how to fight. I learned how to go to God. It was because he didn't rescue me, even though his heart was breaking, watching me cry. He didn't rescue me and I'm thankful for that. Come on, God wants to bring a new normal into your world right here and right now. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you're here and you're watching online, wherever it is, and you've never invited Jesus into your life, maybe you've dabbled with tarot card readers and psychics and mediums. You're trying to find that void. Maybe you've, you've, you've dabbled in, in other religions and you still feel like there's something missing on the inside of you. My friend, his name is Jesus Christ. And today, all you have to do is invite him into your world and everything can change. All things can become new for you. And they're not gonna get worse, they're gonna get better. It might not be easy, but it's gonna get better. It is worth it. God wants you to spend eternity with him in heaven. So I wanna give you that opportunity. The Bible says it's so easy. All you gotta do is call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. That's what the Bible says. And so I wanna lead you in a prayer. Just wherever you are at home, I want you to repeat these words after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on a cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, today, I invite you into my life and I ask that you would help me live a life that glorifies you. Today, I declare that I am saved, that heaven is my home, and that God is my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you that invited Jesus into your life. And I'm so proud of you that maybe rededicated your life today to, the, to Jesus Christ, the one who gave his life for you to give you a brand new normal. So if you responded today, I want you to do this. I want you to go to awakenchurch.com slash Jesus and fill out the form there. And we want to get you a gift. We want to get you a book. We want to give you a call, connect with you, make sure we uh, honor that decision that you made because it is the most important decision you could ever make. It will literally launch you into a brand new future. Well, church, it's been great to be with you this morning. God bless you. I am praying for you. I'm praying that you're going to come out of this thing in power, in authority, confident, full of faith, hope, and love. Go bless somebody today. Go prophesy over somebody today. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.